We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. We are the first 365-day-a-year Packers podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out on CheeseheadTV.com. My name is Kyle Fellows, and I am joined by my co-host, Andrew Mertig. Andrew, welcome to the show. We finally have Packer football to talk about. It is super excited. Um, not only did we just get done watching the Packers' first preseason game, um, and not only are going to be up to break that all down for you, um, but I actually had to give up my tickets for tonight to be here, which shows you just how dedicated we are to getting this Packer podcast right. So first things we want to do tonight, I appreciate Andrew's willingness to give up those tickets so that we can cover this for you guys. Uh, That's some serious sacrifice right there. But we do want to highlight the fact that there were no major injuries that took place tonight. Uh, The the ones that we do know about uh, would be Jermaine Whitehead and Josh Jones. Um, It looks like a back injury for Whitehead. And we saw maybe a for Josh Jones, but we're still waiting on those details. Uh, Like Andrew said, we just finished watching the game. So we're waiting on some of those things. 
Um, but we want to jump right into this preseason game and we'll get started uh, with just our general thoughts about the offense and the defense. And we'll talk a little bit about whose stock is up, uh, whose stock is down. And then we'll wrap up the show with some uh, other thoughts maybe as we get to the end here. But uh, I just want to talk about that defense. This is the first time probably in a couple of years for sure that I'm this excited about the defensive side of the our ball. And so, Andrew, what did you see out there tonight on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, well, it was a little difficult to evaluate um, later on because I'm not sure how many snaps they actually took in the second half. I didn't see the final time possession statistics, but I would imagine they're pretty skewed in Green Bay's favor through the third and fourth quarter. What I did see uh, at cornerback, I was a little disappointed not to see Kevin King and Jair Alexander, of course, but mostly I just want to see them get healthy. And then when we see them on the field, see them at 100%. I saw Quentin Rollins looked really bad tonight. Um, there was a lot of news about him playing dime linebacker, playing safety. And then you see why the Packers don't want to continue seeing him at cornerback. On the opening drive, he got gashed for that big reception. And then on his touchdown play, I thought he got just totally washed out of the play by a pretty unimaginative route that he definitely shouldn't have fallen for. And then he fumbles on a punt return. Josh Jackson looked really good when he was in press coverage. I didn't see as good of things when he was in off. That's surprising to me because of the way he played at Iowa, where he was able to back off the coverage and then make sharp plays coming forward on the ball. Some of that, I think, was the very generic play calling that we saw being the first preseason game. A few of the big plays to me looked like maybe they were a result of cover three or cover four coverage, um, but the underneath players weren't really anywhere to be found. Maybe those were the linebackers or safeties missing their their assignments. The little bit that we saw in the second half, I thought Donatello Brown was struggling with the small shifty receivers. Lindsey Pipkins was definitely up and down. He made some nice plays. He was getting beaten with quickness as well. So some struggles from from the guys that we're going to be relying on for depth. From the defensive line standpoint, Montrevious Adams definitely stood out. He was really good against the Titans starters. And then when they brought in their second unit, he totally dominated them. All this raving about his first step definitely seems to be justified to me. Dean Lowry played well. Um, it, it's really hard to see these guys making splash plays when the Titans are, are settling for two and three step drops with Mariota and just getting the ball out of his hands as quickly as possible. So the edge rushers, they had good initial bursts, good get off. Um, and that's what you're looking for from the edge rushers. I thought Kyler Fackrell looked terrible. I was really worried. I was going to have to eat my words after trashing him last week, but watching him, do pass rush moves against Taylor Lewan was really difficult to stomach, almost comedic. <laughs> Reggie Gilbert and Vince Beagle showed some quickness and some get off. They struggled against the high quality first unit. The Titans have a really good offensive line and they struggled a little bit with contain on Mariota and let him get outside a couple times. I thought Reggie Gilbert looked strong against the run. That's really impressive and going to be very important for him going forward. And then my boy, Kendall Donerson, uh, I said he was going to make this roster, and he made a splash play tonight. A lot of the other plays maybe didn't look quite as good, but he had that nice strip uh, force fumble. Inside linebacker, Oren Burks was impressive. He looked instinctive. A 
a really fabulous play that I saw reading a screen reacting. And then he, he really drilled the running back, which I like to see. Ahmad Thomas looked tough in the run game. That's going to be big time for him as a converted safety. And then I got to swallow my opinion a little bit here. Greer Martini made some plays. Uh, he got washed out a little too much, but I've, I've been hesitant to believe the hype train when it comes to, to Martini. Uh, but I did see some instinctiveness tonight. I think the moment definitely wasn't too big for him. He didn't get shaken, but maybe he was a little stirred. Get that? That's that's a martini joke. <laughs> there's 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 unfortunately a lot more where that came from. I don't it's think anybody really late, folks. People just need to remember how late at night we're recording this. So <laughs> I I could not resist. No nobody's going to benefit more more from having Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark and Muhammad Wilkerson in front of them than that inside linebacker group. But I was quietly impressed with with the way they played today, tonight, especially the the inside linebackers. So that's my thoughts on the defense. Kyle, what what are your thoughts on the offensive performance tonight? Yeah, before we jump right into the offense, I am really glad that you get to continue your hatred for Kyler Fackrell. Um, I would just be, I don't know, beside myself if I didn't get to hear you rip on Kyler at least once a show. So uh, that's good to know that that will not change from our first preseason observation tonight. But uh, yeah, so the offense got off to a great start tonight. Uh, The quarterbacks looked really good. Uh, Brett Hundley got the start and looked absolutely terrific on the first drive. He went four for five for 74 yards and a touchdown. His only incompletion was a drop in the end zone by D'Angelo Yancey. Um, In camp, Hundley has said that he wanted to come out and show that he has really improved and learned from last season. And I think he did that tonight. I think he showed a lot of a lot of growth. Uh, I thought Kaiser did some really nice things as well. I thought he did a nice job out of structure and showed really good awareness Uh, And his ability to beat you with his legs is really fun to watch. So I thought that was a really solid performance for both of those guys and something that they could uh, build on for the rest of the preseason. At running back, Jamal Williams looked really nice tonight. He looked like a bell cow runner to me and really a complete runner out there. So um, I thought he did a great job on that touchdown catch, displaying some really nice feet along the sideline to get in for the score. Uh, So a great showing from Williams. We saw a lot of... Booyo, I think is how you say that at running back uh, after Williams was done. But I actually really liked uh, the little bit that we saw from Akeem Judd at the end of the night. I thought he had uh, better twitch and decisiveness than Booyo. So we'll see how that uh, competition for um, for running back turns out the rest of the, the preseason here. Um, at wide receiver, it took all of two plays for Devontae Adams to declare just how awesome he is. I think it was the second play of the game that he made a move on the defender that just showed off his quickness and how slippery he is. And then he caught a pass from Brett Hundley over Malcolm Butler for a 48-yard gain. So Malcolm Butler is no scrub. So it was a pretty big play there. Um, Breaking news, Devontae Adams is good. Okay. Uh, And the rest of the receiving group was just really fun to watch. We saw great stuff from all those guys. Geronimo had an impressive fingertips catch and tight coverage. Yancey made some plays. And then the rookies were just kind of an emotional roller coaster all night. Um, Moore, St. Brown, and Valdez Scantling all showed up and made plays. But they all also had their mistakes and missed opportunities as well. 
Um, the word of the night that I would pick for Jamon Moore is almost. He had a lot of opportunities, and he didn't always capitalize on those opportunities, but you did see the flashes. Um, and then I was just about to write off Kumaro um, as this training camp myth. And then he comes up with a 52-yard bomb from Boyle. So a lot to like from these receivers tonight, but we'll just have to wait and watch the growth of these guys and see who can emerge from the pack. Uh, finally, the interior offensive line did a really nice job tonight. So I thought I'd start with a positive on the offensive line. But the offensive tackles were a completely different story. Uh, Kyle Murphy really struggled with athletic speed rushers and was noticeably sloppy throughout the night. Byron Bell started over Jason Spriggs at right tackle, and he actually made me miss Jason Spriggs. So you know that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, but all these things considered, I thought the offense, especially the, the first team offense, I thought looked really good. And uh, we did avoid major, major injuries on the offensive side of the ball. So that was one of the biggest wins of the night, in my opinion. So a good night for the offense. I was hoping number 34's name was pronounced Booyah instead of Booyah. <laughs> but Booyah. You, you can only win so many battles. So <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, stock updates like the NASDAQ or Dow Jones, like whose stock is up, whose stock is down. All right. So I'll take the first one here. Um, and I'm going to say a big stock up for Brett Hundley. All right. Uh, so I came into this game excited to crown Deshaun Kaiser as the far superior quarterback to Brett Hundley. I loved Hundley coming out. Um, you know, I thought we got a good pick late in the draft, but I was a huge Kaiser fan when he came out in the draft and I just thought that he would set himself apart tonight. Um, but I was really impressed by Brett Hundley. He had a blindside, uh, the blindside fumble. But other than that, he was really impressive. Uh, he threw with good timing and accuracy. And he looked a lot more composed than he ever did last season. So based on a really small sample size from Hundley, I would say that his stock is definitely on the rise and definitely up from where I really thought it would be after tonight. I... I thought Hundley played well tonight. I am a big advocate for Deshaun Kaiser, and I love to write off the big training camp stories. And you, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about Kumaro in a few minutes, but Boyle was impressive. I, I thought he was really sharp. He was decisive. He made one just weird decision, but that may have been a misroute by his receiver. Other than that, he looked sharp. And I thought Kaiser didn't have to run for his life quite as much as Hunley, which is weird because Hunley had the quote unquote first string offensive line tonight, but the tackles were terrible. Oh, so I give Hunley some credit for dealing with that. I give Kaiser some credit for, for making some plays happen when, when they didn't necessarily happen and give Boyle a lot of credit for, for playing really well coming, coming into the league with absolutely no expectations. Absolutely. I thought that all those guys had pretty good nights, all things considered. Um, and are really, um, I'm really optimistic about how they will grow through the rest of the preseason. Um, give me a stock up or stock down from you, Andrew. For me, the biggest stock up is MVS. My boy, Valdez Scantling. Is he just always open like 100% of the time? I I'd be think really, that there's a decent chance that this is true. 
I'd be really worried about the second, third string Titans defensive backs if I wasn't so convinced that MVS is an absolute stud. Yes, he dropped some balls. And and I give a lot of credit to you because you called this out when we did the wide receiver position preview. You said this guy has a ton of drops in college. He had some drops tonight, but overall, man, this guy could be scary good if he can figure out how to catch the ball. I have a feeling Aaron Rodgers is going to like having a weapon on the field that can run past just about any cornerback in the league. He had a huge night. I would agree. And I was actually thinking differently. Um, I think it was up until about halftime. I was thinking, you know what? Um, Moore has shown athleticism, even though he's not finishing plays. And uh, St. Brown had done some really nice things. And so I was like, maybe MVS is the guy that we're going to write off here and start to see him trend down. And then he comes out of nowhere with some of these crazy plays. So um, I do. I agree that he had a really nice night tonight. How about uh, let's let's be a little bit negative tonight. Who's who's somebody whose stock is down? All right, so I'm going to say stock down to Quentin Rollins. Okay, it was just not a great night for Quentin Rollins. He had an especially tough first drive. Uh, he tried to undercut a route, so props for trying on that, but he missed, and he can't miss. Uh, you got to make that play. So he ended up giving up a huge play there. And then on the goal line, uh, it wasn't his guy that scored, but he didn't read the play well and he failed to react and he never saw um, the wide receiver coming in and, and get that touchdown. So and then he had the fumble on special teams. So for a guy who's trying to find a spot, whether it's a corner or a safety or a slot or in special teams, he really didn't check any of the boxes tonight. So for me, Quentin Rollins is a stock down. He, he definitely had a brutal night, and I, I started feeling really bad for him after he fumbled that punt, seeing how he got toasted on the, the first defensive possession. So my other stock up is no surprise. He is my favorite offensive player. Favorite, not best. Equinemius St. Brown. I need to find a St. Brown jersey, I think. He was absolutely bred to be a star. I have no doubt he's going to be a factor as a rookie. You know, because I've said it before, I had a huge pre-draft crush on ESB. And I was getting a little bit nervous about all my hype because we were hearing about Kumaro. We were hearing about Jamon Moore, even a little bit of MVS. And I was thinking, ooh, is his roster spot in jeopardy? But tonight he looked really strong. He may have been the third best wide receiver um, and if it wasn't for Valdez Scantling having a huge second half, I thought he looked the second best behind, of course, Devontae Adams. So I think he really made a strong push towards solidifying his spot on the roster. I came on here to absolutely bash the Jake Kumaro hype, and then he he finished the game really strongly. So um, that's egg on my face. But I, I thought the athleticism that was demonstrated by the three rookies just goes to show you why Jake Kumaro maybe shouldn't be getting all of the, the hype that he is. Just my thought. I agree with you. I thought that uh, St. Brown had a great night. I remember the one play. He caught the ball in the middle of the field. 
And then the way that he turned on a dime and just changed directions at his size, the smoothness that he has that I think he showed tonight. I think people know he has it. But when you show it in the game, I think it does help you solidify your spot. So stock up for sure there. Um, I just want to point out, you referenced Kumaro again. When Kumaro scored that 52-yard bomb, Aaron Rodgers looked like his son had just like scored his first touchdown. Like he's like running down the sideline. He's like so happy. I, I just, he loves Kumaro. So we'll just see what happens with that. But I was like, Oh my gosh, I've never seen Aaron Rodgers so happy. Uh, so we'll see how that continues to develop, but I have one more negative. What do you got, Andrew? Well, I was just going to say maybe Jay Kumaro can play for the Raiders like Aaron Rodgers, other favorite target. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, it's it's getting late, man. I'm getting feisty. We should probably we should probably go for a stock down at this point. Yeah. I was gonna say we could send Kumaro to the Raiders for uh, a Mr. Khalil Mack. I think they might take that trade. Sounds fair. All right. Uh, so I do have one more stock down for us, and that is a big stock down to Byron Bell. Um, I came into this game really thinking that Byron could be a really valuable piece for this team entering the season, but he honestly just looked sluggish. Uh, His movements were labored, and he just really struggled out there. He had a false start penalty in the early parts of the game, a holding penalty right before halftime, and he gave up uh, the rush that caused the interception uh, from Hundley. So uh, he was just really completely dominated on that play in particular, And I really did want to come into this game to defend him, but he just really looked pretty out of his league tonight, uh, trying to keep up on the right side of that offensive line. Absolutely. So that's our initial breakdown of the game and and our players that, that we thought had stock up and stock down. We're going to have a lot of time to break down tape. And of course, a lot of that is going to be covered on the the next few episodes or at least the next week of the Pack-A-Day podcast. So this has been the episode. You you can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Remember to follow at Packaday Podcast as well. Please subscribe. Tomorrow's episode is going to be hosted by Mike and Tyler. And of course, there's a new show every single day. So tune back in for more of your Packer coverage. You can catch Kyle and myself every Friday leading up to the start of the season. We'll be back next week for another breakdown of a preseason game. Football is here, and we are super excited. Next week, we got the Steelers game. So thank you for listening, and as always, remember... Shotgun formation of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over and gets the snap. Back pedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Good Adams! 30! Turns up field. 25! Cutting right to the 20! 15! 10! 5! Devontae Adams to the south end zone for the touchdown! Rodgers looks it over. Starts to his left. Now he moves. Starts to the right side. Snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield. Being flushed. Winds up, rainbows it high and deep into the end zone. It's high point and it caught. It is caught for a touchdown.
Packers. 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 Packers.